Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello. What's happening? We're it's back. us. It's us. We made it all the way back from fucking nothing. We just made it back. You were in Vegas. I was here it's waiting true. for you. I was gone. I was in Vegas. I was in Vagoose. I was in the goose. Vagoose. Oh, but yes, we are back. We missed. What did we, did we miss two weeks? Or did, no, just one. No, right? we missed one, and then we didn't do Patreon yesterday. We'll do that Monday. Yeah, we owe you guys one. Um, but we will get you. Don't worry. Don't worry. You'll be had. Yeah, don't worry. We'll, we uh, always have you because we are starting a cult that's Grand Up Jake. Oh, absolutely. We are back. We're here with a brand new, well, for us, a brand new series. I'm not, a brand new would imply like it's this, this didn't happen. Time. Yeah, it didn't happen yesterday. But uh, it is a new thing for us. So that's interesting. And, yeah, um, never done this before. We're bringing it to you guys live the week before Halloween. Well, like the full week before. Is what's scarier than injustice based on police incompetence? Essentially. What's scarier than that, huh? Not many a thing. I mean, at least in the reality we live in, not many a thing can top that. <laughs> You're right. But, You're absolutely right. Oh, it's it's it feels right. It feels normal. We're here. We're back. Yep. Everything's going as it should. Everything's Halloween time. I saw Terrifier two recently. Insane. Excellent. Very I, insane I way kills. I don't condone pirating, but I'm gonna find a way to pirate. I'd say it's not good enough for you to go see in theaters unless you really want to see the most insane kills on the big screen. Nah. Because the plot is dog shit. I don't, you know, I'm, it's cool. It's got, you know, that stuff has an appeal to me. But I don't want to pay money for that. No, no, no. I did, and uh, dude, that was the worst. Uh, it was the worst theater experience I've ever had. <laughs> really, it, it was, was just awful. It was fucking. It's a two and a half hour movie. It was ten o'clock at night. Uh-huh. I went to see it. There was like thirty fucking like fifteen year olds in the back just screaming the entire time. Good Lord. Just talking, making sex noises, because that's funny when you're young. That is, for some reason, that is funny when you're young. And I don't get it. And then just like, oh, why did he do that? Just like at full speaking volume. Because he's a fucking evil clown. It's like his name is Art. He does some crazy shit. Have you seen the first one? Anyway, yeah, so I saw that. We're going to watch the new Halloween after this. It's Halloween spooky season. It's time. Officially. It's time, man. 
And I guess this isn't a, a Halloween episode, uh, but it, it's got the mood. Yeah, I mean, like, everything we talk about, aside from, like, Atlantis or something, is, is pretty it's pretty spooky. Yeah, it's got the right you know? tone. Uh, so without further ado, why don't we just uh, jump right in? Yeah, the West Memphis 3. That's part- the episode. This gonna, sure. Yeah, it's going to be part one, because this is this is a long story. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a heft. very long story. Got some heft on the bones. So... The story of the West Memphis Three, it begins with the tragic murders of three young boys. And it leads to the false accusation of three slightly older young boys. God, All right. these boys are just so unlucky. All these boys here. This is, this is a boy's story. Uh, all this is... Uh, <laughs> stories for you, boys. <laughs> stories for you. This, this is for the boys. Uh, this is all due to a combination of police incompetence media sensationalism, and the U.S. being in the midst of the good old uh, satanic panic there. Ah, what more do you expect? You know, and for those who don't know what the satanic panic is, I feel like our like most of our listeners uh, lived through it. But if you're imagine. like one of those weird outlier young people who you're not weird, you're amazing for listening, uh, the satanic panic was like in the late 80s, mid, or like early 90s, and it was basically when everyone... Was afraid it, of the devil. Everyone was afraid of the devil. Like, it both in just the general population and, frighteningly enough, the police uh, forces. Yeah. Anything that wasn't solved immediately, like, regarding murder, everyone's like, I think it might. And it, was, it might just be a Satanist. It was much more extreme than now. Like, that's still a thing, you know? Um, but it, was, it, it wasn't just crazy out there people that were like, it's the devil. No, it was a lot of regular people, too, were like, that was... Yeah. That was the fucking devil. Yep, yep, yep. Devil incarnate. He's everywhere. That's what people thought back then. But, so yeah, this takes place around that time, near the tail end of it, actually. But before getting into the details of how fucked up the case itself was following the murders, let's uh, let's talk about the murders themselves. All right, let's, let's do that. Let's do it. May 5th, 1993. All right, just after sundown. Three, great time of the day. It's a great time. That's my favorite time. I hate the light. Yeah, no, the, the the dusk is the best. Yeah, you can start a bonfire, it creeps into the night, the fire is like the dusk, and it just keeps going. You don't feel bad for going to sleep? Yeah, you, know? you like don't have any night. responsibilities unless you're like a night nurse or something. Yeah, that, no, you don't want to be that. You don't want to. But thank you for those who are. <laughs> uh, so May 5th, 1993, just after sundown. Three eight-year-old boys named Christopher Byers, Stevie Branch, and Michael Moore, funnily enough. hey Michael Moore. Uh, no, he's a victim. He was, he was killed. Um, they have not returned home. You know, they haven't, they haven't returned to their homes. It's after sundown. They're eight years old. That's not good. You know, that's not usually a good sign. No. No, it's not. Unless no. they just won the lottery. That would be amazing. But that would be moot. They wouldn't allow that to happen. They're like, you're fucking eight years old. Oh, that's a valid point. You know? That's a valid point. It's like that episode of Full House where Michelle spins the the fucking machine when they're in Vegas. And it, like, pays out a jackpot. And they're just like, it was definitely me, said Joey. You don't remember that episode? Are you kidding me? Not a Full House fan. Never, Never really got into it. That's insane to me. Not a guy. Not a full house guy. Well, anyway, these kids—they're not at home. They're not—they're not at home, and it's—it's it's past sundown. So at eight p.m., Christopher's father, John Byers, he calls the police and uh, he files a missing persons report, like you do. 
Uh, he, he told the responding officer that the last time he saw Christopher was about 5.30 p.m. that same day, and Christopher was out doing yard work, you know, in the in the yard. That's typically where you do that. That's where it happens. Not all the time, but a good, good portion of the time is you're doing it in the yard. All the magic happens there. About an hour and a half later, around 9.30 p.m., Michael's mother, Donna, calls the police to file a missing persons report. Uh, the same officer that responded to the buyer's, uh, you know, the, the buyer's call, then went to the Moore's residence, which was actually just across the street. Like, they were, they were neighbors, basically, okay. these two. Donna claims that the last time she saw her son uh, was just before sundown, and Michael was riding bikes with Christopher and Stevie. Christopher! And Stevie. So finally, about uh, a half hour later, Stevie's mother, Pamela, she calls the police and files a missing persons report. This time it was a different officer who came, uh, you know, to, to respond to it. Uh, came to the branch residence. Pamela stated that her son briefly returned home from school, only to shortly, uh, shortly thereafter leave to play with his friends. Okay. And he had not been seen since. That's horrible. So these three eight-year-old boys are just gone. And honestly, <laughs> like, Good what, what time you return home as an eight-year-old? Like, probably like, like 2.30. Something like that. Like you know? PM, you mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, if it's the summer and I'm out and about. Um, well, it's like it's the end of like school, you know, it's it's May. Oh, know? okay, yeah. So, so like they're about to get out of school, they're getting excited about like not going to school anymore, but he got home from school and then he just he briefly was there and then he left for the rest of the day. And his mom was the one who called at ten. Yeah, so that's it's like too late. I haven't seen my son and fucking Eight hours. <laughs> that's too much. It's like, wow. Two miles. Uh, it's uh, immediately blaming the, the victim's fan. But no. So that, that just seems strange to me. But, so let, let's uh, let's pause here to talk a little bit about the uh, setting. All West right. of Memphis, Arkansas. Set me up, baby. All right. Uh, it, it's right at the crosshairs of, uh, of two enormous and major highways. Interstate 40, which runs east to west and spans from North Carolina all the way to California. All right. And I-55, which runs north to south, spanning all the way from Chicago to New Orleans. Hello. So if, it's huge when it comes to just traveling in general. What's up, Mitch? Hey, Mitch, Mitch is here. In. I'm surprised he Navi didn't like scream at you. He was messing with the He just needed to be quelled. He tamed the beast. Anyway, so yeah, uh, two crazy major fucking highways intersect here. Right by West Memphis. That being said, West Memphis is a a place that sees a lot of traffic. A lot of people from all over the country on a daily basis. Okay. You know? It's a city mainly made up of gas stations, truck stops, hotels, motels, restaurants. uh, All that aside from residential areas. That made for, like, no parks or playgrounds or anything for kids to play in. So That's that, not very you know, nice. That sucks for them. But, uh, yeah, so in, in 1993, however, there was a small patch of woods near the highway that was known by the parents as Robin Hood Hills. Okay, okay. But it was just known by the children as Robin Hood. They, they just didn't want to say the hills. I guess that, that just takes it out of it. It's slang, you know. They're just they're like, I would never say. It takes that. the spark out of it for them. I'm going to Robin Hood. It's a new generation. They, everyone, have you heard what they're saying these days? All the different words and lingos. Making things up for the sake. I don't know of what anything cool. means. We we just discussed what cap meant 
means a lie. Yeah, and I'm not even 100% sure we got that right. It's no cap, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it took us a while to figure out what the fuck that one was. No fucking idea. But No, uh, no caps. <laughs> there's no caps about it, all right? It's like a cap gun. Uh, so yeah, 1993, it was just a small patch of woods near the highway, Robin Hood Hills, so said the parents, Robin Hood, so said the kids. This tiny section of woods was the only place that the town, uh, in town where the kids could run and explore and like build forts and just play. Okay. You know, like just be, uh, kids. Regardless, it was still, uh, woods and parents all around West Memphis were stern and telling their children never to go in there at night. Never. Never. Well, I mean, after all, it was like a patch of woods just off of the most major highway intersection in the country, and it bordered an enormous truck stop. Okay, valid. So, you know, it's like you're going to get lot lizards, you're going to get vagrants, you're going to get anything. Anything from anywhere around the country, it could be there. So parents were mostly worried about vagrants. All the bad news stuff. Punk teens and stuff. Ew. Ew. All right, so on this night, right, let's get back to the, the night. On this night, May 5th, 1993, it had just rained recently. All right, so there, it was it was, it was was about an inch. Pretty wet around the Robin Hood Hills. Uh, they were notorious for flooding quickly and easily, these woods. Oh, okay. All right, a channel known as the 10 Mile Bayou Diversion Ditch that ran through the woods diverted river water from the Mississippi River, but the water couldn't be drained from the woods because of all the levees around it so it was just like more often than not a very damp and mosquito infested area in the warmer months okay and today was no exception no it wasn't all right it was 73 degrees that night and hotter during the day so robin hood hills was full of basically like clouds of mosquitoes that just oh it makes you uncomfortable it's just malaria or whatever the fuck you get from that oh Dude, I'm so glad all the mosquitoes are about to fucking die. Well, if they're not dead it's gonna already. It's going to be amazing. Uh, if they're not dead already, I don't know what the fuck they're living I don't for. know, man. It's going to be hot this weekend. But anyway, so after the three missing persons reports were filed that night, you know, May 5th, 1993, the officer who responded to the buyers and more families knew that, uh, you know, Robin Hood Hills was her best bet as far as where to start looking. It's yeah. like, you think kids... In West Memphis, you think that the fucking Robin Hood Hills, okay? That's where she's going to be going. So she made her way there, only to quickly give up the solo nighttime search after being immediately overwhelmed by the bugs. Which is kind of understandable, but also it's like, come on. Yeah, I mean, it is, but at the same time, what are you thinking, you know? It's like, why wouldn't you even call somebody? You're going out there solo? And the other officer, the second officer that responded to the Branch family, he had the same idea, and he just went in solo. Good God. He was was looking around for, he claims, for like a half hour. Yeah, with like a flashlight. 35 seconds. I just couldn't find him out there. Yeah, you know how it is when you're doing like solo work, and you're just like five minutes in, you're like, I was there for like an hour. I swear, like I was, I was like going it. hard at it, but it just, just nothing. Nothing came of it. Yeah. So he was in there for supposedly a half hour with a flashlight, then to be overwhelmed by bugs. All right. Too many mosquitoes. Too many. One of them is too many. No, Fuck. it's true. They all suck. They're just they're sucking. Aside from these two officers doing little to no searching for the missing boys, uh, you know, the night of May 5th, 1993, 
No other police activity regarding the case would occur until the next morning. Wow, okay. Okay. Which, you know, like, it's not that late at night. I feel like if they were taken, whatever was going to transpire was probably still in the process of transpiring. So maybe, like, the night shift dudes should get on this. I mean, yeah, I hate to cast stones, but you think you'd get on that shit right away. Like, three... Three children are gone. It'd make your job a hell of a lot easier, too, if you don't wait. If you just do it. Probably, yeah. But who knows? I mean, who knows? I'm not a cop. I mean, I know. I'm not a cop. I don't don't know, man. But anyway, (laughs) so yeah, nothing else happened until the next morning. So the next day, all right, a search party of uh, over 50 policemen uh, that was then added to by citizens who wanted to help, they got to work searching for the boys. Okay. Pretty early in the morning, like 7, 8. Um, the entire town was searching, but, uh, the most attention was be, again, being focused on Robin Hood Hills, because everyone's like, you know, kids, they love this fucking patch of woods. They love it there. They love it in there. They crave they Robin crave Hood. They crave Robin Hood Hills. The entire... No, no, it's just Robin Hood. I'm sorry, I'm not a, a hip with the lingo. You gotta be. You gotta right. fit in with the cool kids. I could never. All right. The entire wooded area was roughly like four acres. And it was combed over, like, so many fucking times. Really? Right? <laughs> like, the police, they even gave it a few passes through, like, just walking shoulder to shoulder the entire length of it. Damn. They they could not find a single fucking thing. Um, by noon, so it had been going on for, like, four or five hours. They, they'd combed this four-acre area. By noon, folks uh, began abandoning the woods uh, to search elsewhere. Okay. You know? All but one man. Named Steve Jones. Steve <laughs> the Jones. The blandest ass fucking name on the planet. That is like a fake fucking name. Oh, my name's it. Steve Jones. Like, like, oh, really? Okay. Is your middle name William or something? Like, come on. No, it's Dave. <laughs> Steve Dave Jones. <laughs> Not even David. No. It's just Dave. It's Dave. They shortened it. We couldn't afford the ID. Oh, yeah. So everyone was leaving. Steve Jones, he stayed behind. He continued to search the woods for some time when he suddenly came across a laceless black child's tennis shoe Uh floating in a river. Uh Uh-oh. Floating in the river. He radioed his findings, and within 15 minutes, police were all over the freaking scene, dude. They were all All right, they were everywhere, swarming like the mesquites. So... At 1.45, after seeing that uh, this shoe had just suddenly appeared, because, again, they, like, combed this area for hours. They found absolutely nothing. And suddenly this fucking shoe's here? No way. Yeah, no way. You know? Uh, they, it was, uh, it, you know, after previous searches, it was suspected that it had dislodged from the bed of the riverbank. Oh, and, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. So maybe. Who knows? Uh, just floated on up there. And Sergeant Mike Allen... Dressed in just his normal clothes, he entered the water. He was like, I gotta, I gotta find these kids. He's like, I'm going in, boys. Yeah. So he just had, like, dress pants, dress shoes, just a white shirt and tie. He was just, like, wading around in this very, very muddy water. The mud at the bottom of the river was uh, about a foot deep, and it suctioned, like, the shoes with each step, you know? Oh, yeah, one of those just real murky, like, yeah. poopy. It's just gross poop water. Oh, God. Like <laughs> Good fucking Lord. Oh, dude. Navi's been going crazy with his fucking gas today. 
There's like, he farted man. in your bedroom, and I smelled it in the fucking living room oh, yeah, my as God. it happened. He's been gassy as hell. I don't know what it's it is. It's like an anomaly. He's just excited or something. I don't it know. It exists, and then it's just suddenly everywhere immediately. Every time he's happy, he just, he's just he got to fart. He's got to do it. <laughs> oh, God. Can't hold it in, man. He's got to. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, there's a super suctiony mud. Uh, it didn't take long for Alan to feel something in the mud as he waited. Shoes. Uh, so he reached down and he released something Shoes. from the suction of the uh, the muddy water and what floats up but the body of young Michael Moore. Oh, God. Yeah, the body was nude and uh, grotesquely positioned. So his uh, his left hand was tied to his right ankle and vice versa uh, behind him, sort of making like a makeshift hog tie. Uh-huh. And he was tied with his own shoelaces. Uh, they, they were used to bind him. Uh, and he was covered in a bunch of small cuts and bruises, um, most of which were on his face. That's not good. So, yeah. Uh, Alan left the body floating where it had surfaced and continued to search the water. But before finding the you know more bodies, uh, however, Alan came across multiple sticks. He found some sticks in the river. Just shoved sideways into the mud of the riverbank. Okay, all right. For what reason? Oh, God. So when he removed them, it was found that each stick was used to sink a different article of the boy's clothing into the mud. Oh. It was a a hiding tactic. Okay. Uh, At this point, Alan returns to the floating body to place it on the bank of the river because he said he just didn't feel right uh, leaving it there. They're just floating in the water. I mean, I guess it's kind of nice. It's a nice sentiment, but we'll we'll get into why that fucking sucked that he did that. All right, so Stevie Branch, he was the next body to be discovered, uh, much in the same manner. He just kind of floated to the top after being dislodged. Um, he was found bound in the same manner that Michael was, uh, hands and legs bound behind him, using his own shoelaces. Signs of physical abuse. But Stevie's face in particular, uh, seemed to have been mutilated in some way. It's speculated that the flesh from the left side of his face was bitten off. Bitten off? Bitten off. Oh. Uh, yeah. Gross. I mean, it's, it's getting worse. I don't know by an animal or a human, Mitch, but either way, if it was a human, wouldn't you say he's an animal? Would you not? Either way, his face was bitten. His face was bitten. Uh, more sticks, you know, they're finding all these sticks, and so more clothes. Uh, they were being discovered before the body of Christopher Byers was discovered. And this one was the most gruesome of the three by far. Okay, bring it on. So, (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm nervous. All right, uh, Christopher's body was tied and beaten in the same way that the others, the the other boys had been. Uh, but on top of that, Christopher's scrotum had been removed, Ugh. and his penis was skinned. Oh, God. So, so that wasn't an animal, Mitch, I know. It could have been. It, that, the uh, rare penis-skinning porcupine. The penile-skinned por- porcupine. Not even like a fish or something. No, it's a porcupine. <laughs> Porcupine's diving for penis. Uh, well, so... Isn't that 
<laughs> you made me laugh at like the worst part. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, his scrotum was had been removed. His penis was skinned, and the surround and surrounding the mutilated genitalia were uh, multiple deep stab wounds in his lower stomach and his legs. You know, uh, surrounding yeah. the area. Um. So yeah, they, they found him. They found the missing boys. Okay. Well, they didn't find him the way they wanted to, but they I found mean, him. I guess, but you know, it's I guess it's nice to know where they are. Uh, fair point. Or just like, I don't know. What kind of gymnastics do you got to do mentally as a parent if your like kid just disappears and you never find him? It's like he's probably a banker somewhere. Like, he's you know, gone. it's like he had a job in Colorado. At a dispensary. Like, he's what? constantly wearing Oakleys. Uh, Yeah, he's the Oakley's guy in Uh, in the uh, Colorado dispensary. (laughs) Could be worse, I guess, but uh, you don't. Not much worse. This is this is probably the the worst. Oh, okay, fair point. This is worse. You're Um, right. So, understandably, the town is in shambles. (laughs) Uh, It's kind of hard for anyone to come to terms with the brutality of these murders, and inflicted upon like three eight year olds, no less. You know. Um, yeah, the, the age is a, is a seller. It's for a that. big thing. You can't kill kids. Shouldn't kill anyone, but kids especially. It's kind of like rape as well. You shouldn't do that either. But raping kids as well. It's like yeah, it's like a whole new level. The idea, just the added addition of a child being involved is is it just ups the ante on how terrible it is. Yeah, I would agree. All purity lost, Mitchell says. So, uh, while police were doing their best to keep the details of the case close to the department, you know, close to the chest, don't let it get out. They weren't doing a very good job, by the way. But um, the families, they were beyond devastated. This, and uh, uh, it didn't stop the news outlets from trying to get statements from the grieving parents any chance they could get. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know. Yeah. Got to get that scoop. You know, give me the give me the meat of the story, me, baby. This what a hot scoop. Uh, so this uh, this was insensitive to say the least. But one good thing kind of came from it. Um, it. It came from an emotional interview uh, with uh, you know the father Christopher Mike Byers. He mentioned at one point on top of the immeasurable sorrow that all the families were dealing with, like they were very they they weren't very rich. Uh-huh. All right, they were they were poor. In fact. And he expressed, like, I, not only is this, like, the worst fucking day of my life, but I cannot afford a funeral for my kid. Yeah. Like, I can't do it. That's even more rough. So, uh, local church groups and other, you know, like, citizens of West Memphis, they scraped together uh, $25,000. Damn, all right. For the families to help, uh, you know, put their young boys to rest. That's a nice gesture. Uh, Pretty nice. Pretty nice. Meanwhile, uh, the police had little to nothing to go off of uh, when it came to solving this case. And their incompetence uh, regarding the handlings of the body's discoveries, uh, uh, it didn't do them any favors either. Because once Sergeant Allen placed the body of Michael Moore onto the riverbank, that became what he did with the other two bodies once they discovered. uh, Once they were discovered afterward, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it took two hours before any of the the many many officers at the scene even thought to call the coroner 
Wouldn't that be like the first call you make? Like, I have a dead body. Get the coroner down here. I mean, yeah, you think like, like right now. But now and there were so, <laughs> so many cops there. <laughs> but all right. And, uh, and by the time he did get there, the coroner, that is, uh, to pronounce the boys dead and haul them away to be scrutinized, fly larva had already been laid. Uh, uh. And the bodies were exposed to the elements. They were baking in the Arkansas heat of, like, a coming summer. Yeah, they're just rusty. Uh, just oh. on the ground of the woods. Just uh, <laughs> just in the dirt and leaves uh, right by a river. So, it's not a burger I would eat either, Mitch. Uh, so, they, <laughs> what the fuck was that, dude? It's not a burger I'd it's eat. It's not a burger I'd eat. <laughs> he's right, Bacon out he's got sun, a point. Bro. So, th- this proved to greatly confuse the time of death and many other things, but the coroner's office wasn't, uh, uh, you know, top shelf either. We'll get into all that in the next episode. But um, All right, so after police chief Gary Gitchell. Gary Gitchell. Gary Gitchell. It's like someone named Mary Mitchell, Mitch. He's like, ooh. He's like, ooh, okay. Oh, yes. Uh, So after police chief Gary Gitchell made a statement, uh, you know, being broadcast, saying that they were either dealing with someone the children knew, a stranger, or it was possible, like, gang cult activity. And he said that last thing almost in passing, but still he said it, which was like... What was that? That's like the dumbest uh-huh. thing you could say. He's like, it's these either, eight-year-olds are in a gang. It's either somebody they know, or it's a stranger. So you're telling me it could be anybody? Yes, that's what police say when they have nothing. You have no <laughs> they have That's your lead. Nothing is nothing. Yeah. Okay. Good enough. Yeah. Well, all right. So, uh, yeah, uh, they don't know when they died. Uh, yeah, Gitchell's out here, you know. Seeing all this stuff, it, it gave uh, it, that being said, like the gang occult activity thing being said in the midst of this satanic panic, media and the general public are convinced that they have a satanic murder case on their hands just immediately. Oh yeah, you know, like that's, it sells. It's like he said it. He said it right about it. It's selling, baby. It's, it's, it's flying off the shelves. Uh, all right, so let's let's rewind a little bit. Uh, and take a step back from the insanely sad story I just told you <laughs> that we laughed through uh, to talk about Jason Baldwin, Jesse Miskelly, and Damian Eccles. All right? Yeah. These boys, they were between like 17 and 18 years old at the time. They were tried and convicted of the murders of Byers, Moore, and Branch because that's not giving anything away. No. Like, it's pretty well known that that's what happened. Uh, and it was under the false accusation that they were murdered them during a satanic ritual. Uh, you know, right. normal, normal. Yeah, that totally. Uh, before we get there, I'm just gonna do like a little bit of uh, characterization of these three. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> I know we're not too far into the episode, but that's all I have for this one. No, it's right. <laughs> but this, we could just like you know uh, this keep going. This episode really is more of a uh, first off. Two-parted thing here. We're coming back, you know, so we gotta we gotta ease into it ourselves, and we can't overload you on this very intricate story. I'm in the midst of reading the book on this. You guys gotta understand that this story is 
I mean, if it, to give it real justice, it's going to take about three, four hours. All yeah, right? there's a lot of court things. Yeah. And, uh, so today's the, the base period for you, all right? You're gonna baseline. Know, or yeah, baseline, sorry. You're going to know the people, you're going to know the players, you're going to know the sitch. Everything right? is going to be just lined up for you. Just so, Yeah, let's, let's get to know these. Stacked these up. Colorful little characters here. All right. All right. So we'll start with Jesse Miss Kelly. This guy... Oh, how unfortunate it it probably is to be this guy. Probably. Even if he didn't get convicted of murder. Uh, Jesse, he came from a poor, uh, unpleasant, abusive home life and was known to be the uh, sort of a simpleton around yeah, town. okay, okay. Uh, he had the mental capacity of like a third grader. Oh. And he was 17. That's kind of cute-ish. No. <laughs> in a weird way, I it's don't adorable. think so. <laughs> uh, All right, maybe, maybe you're right. Uh, he didn't do himself any favors uh, either by having a two-year gas huffing addiction. Yeah, that'll seal, that'll seal the deal for that, you. I think that's mostly why I didn't think he was cute. He was just like, oh, just huffing gas. Um, he was also known to fight pretty often, but given that he was five foot one, weighed under a hundred pounds, and grew up uh, being abused and in a very poor neighborhood. It seemed pretty believable and probably necessary a lot of the time. Yeah, maybe. To fight, you know. Uh, he's fighting for his life. Um, it's it's also important to note that he didn't uh, he didn't even know Damian Eccles or Jason Baldwin as a friend or an acquaintance. Like, he knew who they were. Yeah, yeah. But they never they talked or associated or anything. In fact, he would go on to state later that the two, like, the other two, like, they scared the fuck out of him. He's like, I'm not going near those guys. I'm under 100 pounds. Come on. All right. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's Jesse Miss Kelly. He also had a tattoo uh, that just said bitch on his chest. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was probably just not what he wanted he at the time. He probably lost a bet or is what no, tricked him or something. probably thought that was cool. I I don't know, man. I You know what? I don't know the, the mental state of uh, someone huffing gas. Well, I can honestly say I don't know. So maybe that was like the coolest thing in his gas huffed mind. Yeah, it probably was. You know what I mean? All right, next up is Jason Baldwin. He did well in school. All right, so he's a little smart ass in a good way. A little smarty pants. Uh, he had an excellent mullet. Beautiful excellent mullet. mullet. Have you looked up pictures of this guy? Oh, yeah. No, he's stunning. It's breathtaking. The hair is strange nowadays, but boy, does he pull it off. I feel like it's coming back. They say it is. I see it around. I hear that all the time. It's in the crowd. That it, like When you see them in your neighborhood, it's like rent's about to go up, you know? Ah, yeah. It's like fair. that kind of crowd, you know? Fuck that crowd. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, you know... Uh, he kind of fell into the freaks category of freaks and geeks, if, if that was the category we were measuring it by. That's a fair assumption. All right, yes. he always kind of remind, reminded me of like the uh, the long-haired D and D dude from from Stranger Things, the most recent uh, oh, season. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah, kind of he's kind of like that type of guy. Okay. You know what I mean? He wore like Metallica and other heavy metal shirts, and he would like draw skulls and stuff everywhere. And people thought he was the devil. Yeah, apparently that was enough for. <laughs> In the town of West Memphis, for kids by the uh, by the time he was in sixth grade, they were just calling him a Satanist. <laughs> he's like, okay. So he just had long hair and a Metallica shirt. They're like, you're a fucking devil worshiper. 
No. But he was also best friends with uh, the next young man that we're going to talk about, Damian Eccles. So uh, uh, Damian and Jason, they were they were just like that, you know. You yeah, can't, you yeah. can't see it, Mitch. They were like that. All right, he understands. All right, he had crossed fingers. So Damian Eccles was the uh, was the poorest of the three boys by far because they were all poor. They were all just like living in the trailer parks. Yeah, you know, um, all three boys they lived in the trailer parks. But at the time of the conviction. But that was the nicest home that Damien and his family ever had. Really? All right, because before that, they were living in, like, dirt floor shacks without plumbing in the middle of farmland that would regularly be, like, crop dusted with pesticides and shit. And (laughs) so that was before the trailer. So this was like a fucking mansion to him. Uh, Because of all the pesticides and stuff, Damien suffered from bronchitis and asthma all his life. I mean, if that's all you're coming away with, then that's a win. Yeah, honestly. Honestly. Uh, his home life was also rather abusive as well. Uh, from these, you know, destitute and sad beginnings, Damien grew up to be kind of an understandably troubled kid. Yeah. He had his issues, you know, one might say. But it makes sense. It's not like a shock. You're like, okay. Yeah, it's like, yeah. how could this have happened? No, nah, he makes sense. He fits yeah. the bill. He uh he became a moody goth kid with a big mouth. You know? Though the goth aspect mostly came from the fact that a girl once told him that he looked cute when he wore black. So had that not happened, he'd have just been like a normal broody teenage boy with a big mouth. But it did happen, so he was dubbed uh, goth. Yeah, he, j- he fit that bill. You he, know? He Which is, I feel like it. that's just how it happens most of the time. Yeah, you get a compliment, you're like, they like, can't be the only one that feels that way, so let, let's just keep doing it. Yeah. Why you, not? You get a compliment, you're going to like, I'm going to make that my, who I am. I'm going to play into this. He and lived he it. did. He played into it hardcore. Oh, yeah, he lived up to that title. <laughs> he very much did. Uh, so he, he used to like powder his face white sometimes and like wear little sunglasses and wear uh, a long black trench coat. Basically Morpheus. I was just going to say he, was, he wanted to be Morpheus. <laughs> he was cosplaying Morpheus. Before he even knew what that was. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he set the table for Morpheus, man. Or when, when did the movie Underworld come out? It couldn't have been. Underworld? It had to be like like 2000, the I, early 2000s. I was going to say, it has to be like 2002, maybe, three. So I was like, maybe he got it from there, or maybe they got it from him. Yeah, they got it from him for sure. Wow. Because, <laughs> because another thing that he would tell people, or just uh, something he would tell people, is that he was like, I drink blood. He's a lycanthrope. Yeah, it was pretty much just other other kids, and they were like, "Oh my god, that <gasps> oh, Damien." Yeah, yeah. So he, he had the reputation of a kid who drinks blood at school. Cool and, reputation, uh, <laughs> and not him. He, he was just a kid who liked to freak out the squares. Is, uh, is what it is basically. Uh, so he got the uh, he get a sh- wait. He also read a lot. All right. Okay. He read anything he could get his hands on because, you know, if you're living in a dirt shack with no plumbing or probably electricity, I would imagine you're going to try to find some sort of escape, and his was books. Mm. Books are amazing. So, from his readings, um, he decided to become, uh, I don't know, become, he decided to start worshipping a female goddess for whom he got a shitty homemade tattoo of the feminine symbol. Okay. Um, so it's all coming together. He's that kind of kid at your high school. Everyone has that kid. 
Oh yeah, he he's like sort of an edge lord. He's just got like a big mouth, but he's like fine. Yeah, he's probably. Pretty it's like nice. oh, it's just him. Like it's fine. I say nice, but he's probably just not rude. You know, just like a regular guy. Yeah, he's just like oh, we're gonna do this. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> like he was just ready for whatever. That's the feeling I get about him. Yeah. Uh, all this being said, he was the only one of the three accused boys that had a record. Ooh. All right, want to hear about that? Let's see what he did. One day, Damien and a girlfriend of his, um, and it was kind of complicated with this girlfriend because, like, they were together, and then she left Damien for, like, another guy, and then Damien was like, I'm going to kill that guy. And he never did, but there was, like, he was, like, threatening him and stuff. Uh-huh. And then, eventually, this happened. Him, uh, Damien, and the girlfriend, they decided that they were going to run away together. Strange series of events. I mean, it's cute, but, I guess. <laughs> kind of. And they're trying to make it all romantic by, like, they they made this like crazy stupid like very teenage promise that like if our parents get involved and try to separate us we'll kill ourselves <laughs> like a suicide pact on like Slightly if extreme. your parents <laughs> fucking say something Slightly yeah. extreme Slightly extreme it, they weren't going to I don't know. recommend that They never went through with it nor do I think that they were planning to Oh no You know it got them late. It's just something like uh, goth people say Anyway, that night, uh, the, the night that they planned to leave, it began to rain once they had set off, and neither Damien nor his girlfriend had a car, <laughs> so uh, they took shelter in an abandoned trailer for the night. They didn't and, make uh, it very far. They did not, not even out of the trailer park, it sounds like, but the uh, the girlfriend's mother, uh, she called the cops, naturally, and uh, the kids were eventually found by police making out in the abandoned trailer. And because they didn't own the property, uh, That's they, a and and they were making out. Strangely enough, not a B and E burglary is what they were charged with, and sexual misconduct. Well, that's kind of silly, which but... is kind of confusing. Maybe it was because Damien was eighteen. Maybe the girl was like seventeen or something. I, well, maybe. And he's also like the poorest guy in town, so the police are like, well, "Let's just do whatever. Let's just fucking slap it <laughs> on. Let's just fucking." Let's get this guy for no reason. Pretty much. Oh, well, fuck it. It's like smack him around. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, the, the two were charged with burglary and sexual misconduct. And this is where uh, Jerry Driver comes into the picture. Baby Driver. <laughs> Baby Jerry Driver. Uh, Driver, he was uh, he was one of the extreme versions of most cops around this time period. One who thought, oh, like any murder, like I said at the beginning, any murder that wasn't immediately solved, it was the doings of Satanists. The devil. There's like it. It was probably the Satanist. The yeah, devil probably. is pervading through this town. He uh, pervasive. He is among us. Yep. Yep. But driver, he wasn't uh, even a cop. <laughs> he wasn't a cop. He was. Uh, he was a former airline pilot. That quit his job in his 50s. Because of the devil. To, because of the devil, kind of, yeah. To become a county juvenile officer, it, like I said, in, in his mid-50s. And he was just convinced that Satanists were fucking everywhere, specifically in West Memphis, Arkansas. Damn, good for He's this He's like, guy. they're everywhere, and I'm going to do something about it, rather than flying across the fucking planet every day as a job. Yeah. That sound, it sounds fun. To be a pilot, I would not be able to do it because it's like, you know. But I don't know, man. He's just trying to save humanity. Well, so he thinks. So he thinks. 
He also had like sort of a sidekick uh, when it came to like his insane satanic fear. Was it God? It may- <laughs> that would have been a way cooler sidekick to him. It was you imagine, the dog. You imagine God being the, the Robin to your Batman? That would be pretty tight. How crazy would that He's be? Like, Just let it go, buddy. I'm taking the back seat here. <laughs> no, we have to get him. It's like, God, God, settle down. <laughs> Relax. We got this. <laughs> Uh, so, right. uh, he even had a sort of sidekick, you know, he bought into everything satanic that he was talking about, uh, Jerry Driver, that is, he was like spouting all this shit to him, uh, and that guy's name was Steve Jones. Ah, oh, Steve Jones. Steve Jones, if you don't remember, Steve oh, yeah. Jones is the one who discovered the black laceless tennis shoe at the scene of the crime. Yeah, Steve Jobs, Steve Jones, Steve Jobs. Steve Jones, he's finding shoes. Now, all of that stuff with Damien, like, being charged with uh, with burglary and sexual misconduct, that occurred before the murders, okay? Yeah, yeah. And, that was his record. And so, know? like, he's a broody dude. He's, like, he's worshipping, like, all these crazy, like, weird things that aren't God. And it's like a goddess. He's getting tattoos. He's, like, edgy. He's saying he drinks blood. He's wearing all black. And who else is Damien's fucking juvenile officer but Jerry Driver? Oh, bad time, bad combination. Jerry is not going to like the cut of this guy's jib, and he does not. Jerry... All right, he hates him. Jerry is (laughs) visibly and physically afraid of your tattoos. Yeah, all right, so all the pieces for the story are set, and the insane manipulation and incompetence to come will be where we pick up next week. Yes. (laughs) So... I I do think that this was a, a nice landing zone for the episode yeah you got three dead young boys you got some extra story after um and you can kind of see where it's it, at least it's supposed to go you know yeah i mean you you know what happens but uh the, all the details of how we get there and all that shit it's wild yeah, dude this the book i'm reading the devil's not it's mm-hmm. very good yeah. <laughs> kind of paints people in arkansas as uh hicks more than i think it should but probably uh but it's very informational. So it, yeah, and it, this is one of those stories that you might be, if you're unfamiliar with this, you're probably looking at what we're talking about, and you're like, "Well, this is weird." They already said, you know, what happened, uh, who got in trouble for it. If you couldn't piece it together, there's a lot more that's going to unfold. With this. The insanity okay. of the story lies in how they came to be convicted. Yeah. Because there was little to nothing there. No. There, and just, I wouldn't even say little. I would say absolutely There was absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah, it was just like the the times, it was satanic panic. Everyone was had Satanists on the brain. And uh, just, oh my God, just so much weird manipulation it's on the police's the, part. Like, in a weird way, it's sort of the anti-OJ, you know? It really is. It's... There was sort of, no yeah. There was no evidence, but it was still believed. It's it's the anti OJ is what's going on here. <laughs> it's really what it is. That has to be the name of the episode. Anti OJ. Anti OJ. Spelled A U N T I E, as in yeah. like your no, aunt. I'm just, I'm just picturing OJ in that like fucking what was that interview where he's like this was his idea of a joke and they opened a door and he like <laughs> he pretended just, to choke him. I'm just picturing <laughs> that, <laughs> but he just has a nice wig on. <laughs> Uh, uh, but no, we yes. will be back next week with part two, and really, we're really going to get into kind of what's going on around these kids and the town, and it's going to get weird. 
It's going to get weird, guys. It's going to get weird. It's going to get bad. You're going to want to be goth. Probably. I, I no, well, maybe you won't. I don't know. After you hear this, you're not going to want to Just be. like be yourself, and hopefully you don't get wrongfully accused of murder for your personality. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's all the best That's never a for. good day when that happens. But... I love you guys. Yeah, no, much. me too. I think that might be the end of the episode. I think it is. That's effectively um, our episode for the week. A nice yeah. little, uh, a nice little toe tip. You know, we're just gonna uh, just a dip toe it. tip. Yeah, we're just dipping it in, tipping it, in, a little tip of the toe right in the water, getting you guys back into the swing of things here. We're towing the line. You guys, we love you very much. We're glad you stick around, and we will be back next week. No, it's true. The Friday and, uh, before Halloween. Yeah, and speaking of Halloween, we're going to go watch the fucking new one. Yeah, Here it's terrible. That's exactly what's going to happen. Here it's real bad. So the patrons, you'll get an earful. You'll, you'll know. Oh, we're going to be so angry. You'll know. But, um, yeah, so that's our episode. Uh, welcome back after our break from doing this. Our vacation yeah, break. Yeah, our vacation break. There we go. So you can follow us on all the shit that's Grand Up Jake. We're starting a cult. All the shit involves Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we got Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we have Facebook Instagram and Twitter again. And we have Twitter, That's, Instagram, yeah, and Facebook. If you just want to go on any of those. Also, there's an email, startacult at gmail.com. There's a TikTok, wasack underscore pond. We've been getting some follows on there. It's pretty fun. Pretty fun. They're you not know? even all bots. Not, not every single one of them. Most of them, though. But uh, also, we're on YouTube. We have a Patreon link down below. You can get extra content twice a month from us. <gasps> All right, you for can. giving us anything. You can. You can. And then again, that's Grand I'm Jake. Mitch it was here. And he walked in halfway through. That is true. It was awesome. Love you guys. All right, goodbye. Thank you. Bananas! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.